Hoopball Podcast listeners. Are you a fantasy expert and want to write or podcast for Hoopball? Do you have aspirations of covering a team? Are you a master of sales and want to earn some cash on the phones? Well, we've got good news. Hoopball's recruiting. If you think you have what it takes, hit us up at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or by emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. Again, that's at Hoopball Fantasy on Twitter or emailing teamhoopball at hoop-ball.com. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. to another episode of Today in Sports Betting. It is Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. It is 4.30 in the afternoon on the Eastern Seaboard. I am Iris Silver, at Iris Silver Magic on Twitter, and I got John Ryan with me today. John Ryan Sports 1 on Twitter. John, how are you? Doing great, Ira. How are you doing today? Good. We're going to have a fun episode. We're going to break down some NCAA actions, some NFL lines that have moved, some new picks potentially. Uh, get into some systems, uh, as you always do, and bring some valuable information as far as that is concerned. But before we do, and before we jump into it, as always, we got to give a shout out to our sponsors over at manscaped.com. They have the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 with their water resistant technology. It is a fantastic product. I recommend it. Go over to manscaped.com, type in the promo code HOOPBALL20. That's H O O P B A L L 20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping. John, I actually uh, talked to Devin. I said, do you think I'll ever mess up that promo code when I give it out, the spelling, H-O-O-P-E-A-L-L-2-0? <laughs> I have not yet, but there must be a line somewhere on it. I'll keep an eye on you, but I don't think that's uh, remotely possible with uh, someone as intelligent as you, you know? Yeah, well, sometimes you just have, uh, you, you know, the, 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 the letters don't come out the same way you see them in your head when you're talking. So uh, I'm definitely, I think, minus 150 to, to definitely screw that up at some point before the end of football season. But I have not yet, so we'll keep on plugging away. Anyways, let's move on and open it up and open the floor up to some college football action kicking off tomorrow morning. And that is Florida State traveling to Louisville, take on the Cardinals. Cardinals are minus four in this game, and the Seminoles plus four on the road over under is 61 points. It's a, it's a big one here. What are your thoughts on this game? You know, Louisville, Malik Cunningham, up and down, looked a little bit better last week against Notre Dame. Obviously, uh, Florida State looking pretty interesting last week as well against, uh, what, UNC, correct? Yep. What do we got to say about this game uh, tomorrow? You know, the, the situation with Florida State is, is uncertain, in my opinion. I really don't have a feeling uh, for who they are. Uh, they were very impressive uh, last week. They played like uh, I thought they would play from the beginning of the year. And, uh, it, you know, it's just the, the circumstances of 2020 with uh, everything that's going on outside of football that has an impact directly on the games. Uh, Louisville, uh, I had them last week as one of my uh, bigger plays against uh, Notre Dame. And uh, I think you and I talked about this uh, off the air a little bit that I thought for me to win that game, it was going to have to be 51-48. And it wasn't. It was 12-9. Um, 12-7. I thought it was going to be an over game myself, but you know, the swirling winds down in Notre Dame were quite strong last week. Good point. Um, over the years, I, I tell you, it's good you brought up uh, weather. Weather related issues in the Midwest, uh, I believe, next week are going to intensify. So that's something that everyone should pay attention to. On the East Coast, and West Coast, I, don't, I haven't seen weather really dramatically impact uh, performances on the, on the field. So, for example, uh, Penn State uh, plays in, obviously, Happy Valley, and, Valley, and they have a 111,000-seat stadium uh, called Beaver Stadium that will be empty uh, tomorrow when they play their game. But even there, 
they can get snow squalls out of nowhere that are almost like blizzards. But even they have not impacted the uh, ability of the players on the field. So um, I still think that if, you know, if you're the number three ranked team in the country, you, you should put up more than 12 points. They did not look good last week. And even the coach oh. said they played horrible. And that's, uh, that's one of the few coaches I actually really don't like. Um, I don't like how he is always in the face of his players. You know, it seems rather degrading to me. And, but he gets the job done, and he's the head coach, and who am I? The Bobby Knight of football, maybe. Yeah, right. I, I agree. That's a great, great uh, statement there. That's very good. So you got any, uh, any good information in terms of value in this game here, or should we uh, skip on over? I really don't have a play on this. I can tell you that Louisville um, has not done well against defenses that are allowing 62% completions or, or better. And Florida State's defense has been terrible with the, even, even including the, the game last week. They gave up a ton of yards and the completion percentage was very high in the North Carolina game. Um, so I, if I had a lean, it would be on Florida State. All right, next game, let's kick it off, and that is NC State going to take on North Carolina. North Carolina is a 15, whew, big number, 15-point favorite in this game, over under 60 and a half. I know you like some North Carolina. I know you like the quarterback. Any thoughts on this game in particular? You have a side, you have a total, you like anything here? I would be on North Carolina here. You know, what's the loss? Uh, they they proved that in that second half um, comeback that wasn't quite all a comeback, but they're they're a very good team when they start executing. And uh, I think against North Carolina State, that despite the fact that they also have ten returning starters on offense, including the quarterback, um, I think the advantage is that NC State is rebuilding their defense, and North Carolina's offense is better than North Carolina State's offense. You know, and it's, inter it's interesting. It's such a huge point spread, and this is a game of, what, two ranked teams? This is North Carolina State that's ranked number 23 in the country, and uh, North Carolina is tied for 14th in the country. Usually when you see these big point spreads between two ranked teams, you want to lean to the side of the dog, but buyer beware, caution. Generally in these games, when there is a favorite of two ranked teams, or even a favorite over a ranked team that's not ranked, generally you're going to see that team cover that big number more often than not. I'm, just, I'm going to ask the, if we can do this, I'm going to ask the uh, database that question. I want to see what comes back here. So I do a lot of work with ranks. Uh, so I'm going to put in uh, that the home team is ranked uh, higher than 10, in other words, 10 to 20, and the opponent is the same. Well, hopefully we'll the do, data uh, will hopefully the data will back what I just said, or I'm going to look like a fool. Let's see here. Let's do the last ten years. It's okay. I'm I'm I, I can look like a fool from time to time. A lot of things come out of my mouth. Sometimes you know I think that they're right, so I'm pretty sure this one's right. I can't imagine that happening, Ira. I really can't. But here I'm doing uh, home favorites. Uh, home double-digit favorites, and then we're going to hit return here. We'll get the uh, the answers in about three seconds. Do, 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 do. I have to spell right. Yeah, we'll get it. All right, so the home team that has the better rank, uh, that is a home double-digit favorite over the last 10 years, is 18-3 and three straight up. 14 and seven against the spread for 67%. So we found something here. Ira is right. Ding, 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 ding. We win this, double uh, jeopardy. This does support a play on uh, North Carolina. All right. Yeah, I was leaning that North Carolina myself. A good call there. It's fun to, you know, kind of show the listeners too what having a database like uh, the one I have where I can just type in a few it's not even code. It's just typing in the parameters and then pulling it back out. Yeah, and it's also it really cool. And it's also, you know, it's you know, just a, a, that's why it's so important to listen to the podcast because the 
even though the plays I'll post on Twitter, like my three or four or five favorite plays for a Saturday or Sunday, you got to understand why. And not only, let's say I leave this one off the Twitter feed, right? And I don't post it. You got to know all this information. Like, wow, why did he or didn't he put uh, UNC on the card? Maybe he did. And maybe it's only a podcast listener play. Maybe he doesn't want to post it to the world. Maybe he wants loyal listeners to have one, right? But to understand the logic and the reasoning behind these plays are so important because listen, everybody is so results orientated, but at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm all about the process, right? Did I make a right read on the game? And that's going to come down to your pregame analysis. It's not necessarily going to come down to hey, did they cover the spread or not? There's a reason I'm betting teams a certain way. And I'm not just throwing out North Carolina minus 15 because hey, they're the higher ring team. They got a better offense. No, there's a reason for it. There's stats, there's data, there's, there's, and then, and then we get into these conversations, John, and then a light bulb goes off in your head and, and, and then I get verified with the information and, and then it's a solid play on UNC, right? So this, this is why it's so important to listen to these podcasts. One last thing I'll mention in this game uh, that'll really add fuel to the fire for North Carolina is I'm doing uh, machine learning models projected. There's a very, very high probability that UNC will score 28 or more. And I think that's, that's a quite reasonable assessment. It's, if I'm right on this bet, it, it's more likely they're gonna score 42. So North Carolina, when they score 28 or more points and uh, double digit favor, are, 12 and one. There you go. There you go. Even 28 points and just being at home. One second here. Eighty-one and thirty-five with two pushes against the spread. That comes to seventy percent winners that covered by seven points on average. Hundred and twelve and seventeen straight up. And that's just a home game where they scored 28 or more unbelievable unbelievable i'm actually looking right now i'm looking for a team total on north carolina let's see if i can pull one up north carolina's team total is 38 and a half and here this is how i i think i actually wrote an article i i, I don't know if i um called this metric originally or not, but it's a, a, a betting line scoring differential. Okay, so that was the simplest way I could describe it. So I take the, the line and the betting line. So for this game, we have, um, I forget what you said now for the game. North Carolina's team totals 38 and a half, and NC State's team totals 21 and a half. Okay, and the, the game is, um, uh, let's see, I have it right here. The over-under in the game is 60 and a half. Yep, and 15 and a half. So to calculate what the implied final score is, you take the 60 and a half divided by two. So let's just say, let's round that off to 30 points. Then we're going to take the spread and divide that by two, which is seven, let's make it seven and a half. Let's make it eight. So now the line itself is implying that North Carolina is going to win this game 38 23. Yep. Okay. So that alone gives you confidence that North Carolina is going to score 28 points. So that's where I then start to drill down into the database and find what is the historical precedent of what the machine learning models are saying. So that you, to your point, especially in my world where I have you know, clients, they want to know, um, why they're doing it. Why am I investing my thousand dollars on this game? Because this guy that wears a Boston Red Sox hat says I should. <laughs> and more importantly, it's better. That's right. People can't see me. No, they cannot, uh, but, but he is wearing now. a Boston Red Sox hat. Yeah, and I am. Um, but I like all teams. Anyway, the, the point of the matter is that when I lose, it, it makes it so much better for the, uh, the client knowing that, well, he thought that North Carolina was going to score 28 points, and they didn't. That was right there, one of the reasons why we lost. Last night, I had Arkansas State. 
the reason I lost is I said they were going to score 28 points. They didn't. And, and that happens. That's why we, you know, an expert that's really good at this, you know, you hit 60%, you're, you're kicking butt. Absolutely. Can we just talk about one thing before we get to the next game? What do you, what, I mean, how crazy is that, that I hit the end of round one golf leader yesterday at 50 to one? It was amazing. I saw the ticket for those that don't know about it. And uh, I, I can't tell you uh, how much he had on it because that, that's privacy violation. <laughs> but he's laughing and he's smiling. So, it, you know, it was, it was more than a dollar fifty. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I, I was bored. You know, I definitely have a day job, right? So I was bored at work and I was like, oh, there's some golf today. Hmm, something to follow during the day while I'm at work. And I decided to put, you know, a little bit of money on Sebastian Munoz to be the end of first round leader. I did have one other guy to be the first round leader. So it wasn't my only play. I had Webb Simpson, uh, first round leader as well. And Munoz held on and I and it was 50 odds were 50 to one and it was a nice little payday a nice little bankroll booster going into the weekend and some college and NFL games so uh sorry I didn't share that prior to the games going off but uh prior to tea time but it was kind of one of those spur of the moments I did it kind of what an hour before I'm not even sure exactly what time I did it but I was just like yeah I just can't win but I want to do it anyways throw a little pizza pizza money on it and have a good time that's awesome it was a lot of fun um let's get to uh an interesting game to me and i want to get your thoughts on this one and that is michigan state sparty taking on rutgers at home they're minus 11 over under is 44 and a half here um do you have anything on this game i actually have an awful lot on it i'm just going to switch my uh, page here um i i will be on rutgers tomorrow for a seven star play I was thinking the same thing. So I'm just, that's why I wanted to confirm it with you. Yeah, I, I can, uh, you know, I, I, like I've always say, I, I lose games too. You know, it's not uh, 100% model by any stretch of the imagination. But um, if, if I would have said to you the last two seasons that I was on Rutgers, I think you probably would have checked me into a, a psychiatric hospital. Yep. Um, and with all due respect to the program and the kids that were there trying to play football and win a game, um, they hit rock bottom last year. That, that had to be the ugliest Division I football program on the, on the planet, um, especially being in the Big Ten. I mean, they had no chance at all to, to even compete to win a game. Uh, and it's no fun getting blown out every single week, 50 to 3. You know, it, it's no fun. So um, let me uh, just pull up the, uh, the stuff I have here. And uh, here it is. So Shiano is back at Rutgers. I think everybody probably knows that. And what I found really good about him was that he didn't waste any time with the, the COVID. Uh, he got into the head coaching position, and, and he anticipated that because of COVID, there's going to be a lot of players wanting to transfer out because the NCAA has allowed one-time transfer without having to sit out the whole year prior to going to a new program. And that's what's happened uh, across the NCAA football landscape. You've had a lot, of, a lot of kids transferring knowing that they don't have to sit out a year. And basketball too, I believe. Yes, that's exactly right. So he's, he was able to get 11 transfers from – big programs. In fact, he plucked two from Ohio State and two from Michigan. Um, one of them was the, the backup quarterback at Nebraska who was competing for the starting quarterback job. And uh, Monday, this past Monday of this week, the roster came out from Shiano and there was five positions listed with two names. So it had a name and then the words or and then another name. And uh, he pretty much said in the press conference that I, I kind of scanned over that they're just, they haven't had time to evaluate the players fully because of the lack of practice. So when they had two of them, that's why they had two of them. Um, it, it's pretty amazing what he's been able to accomplish. He, he also recruited 17 freshmen in a very short time period. And uh, for those that don't know it, Rutgers has some of the best facilities to train in 
in the Big Ten, if not the nation. And the problem has been recruiting and getting players to go there and take advantage of those, those um, opportunities. And it seems like he's really turned the corner here quickly. Uh, so in addition to all of that, there's, there's like optimism now at Rutgers. There's not you know, depression. And it's, I think uh, they, they really have a shot here to win this game. Yeah, as you can hear in the background, your dog barking. We got some dogs in this one. I think that the dog is barking here with Rutgers. It's a sign. Rutgers plus 11 and maybe a sprinkle on the money line. This, this transfer from, uh, from Nebraska is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, Vedral, Noah Vedral, he's, he's mobile. He's got good accuracy. Um, I think there, it's going to be a good one. And, and I really like this play too. And I'm glad that you backed it up as well. Let's move on to maybe some more Big Ten games here and want to get your thoughts on the Ohio State University. Uh, Ohio State is a minus a million against Nebraska this weekend. They're minus 26 and a half. Your over under is 68 points. Man, got to be tough to take Nebraska on this one. Any thoughts on this one, or is this a pass game for you? It's, it's a pass game. Um, if, if, if I had to bet, it actually would be Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska was making headline news when COVID and the pandemic shut down everything, that they were going to leave the Big Ten and, and uh, find opponents to play because the Midwest at that time wasn't getting nearly hit as hard as the East Coast, especially New Jersey and New York City. Uh, so – their team under Scott Frost is, is, is going to be better this year, and they're only going to get better as, as each year goes on. He had uh, one of the better recruiting seasons this past year of the last five, and I'm a little bit older than Ira, I'll admit it, and uh, I remember in the days when I was just a, you know, a child watching Nebraska when Nebraska was in the, in the Big 12, and I guess it was actually the Southwest Conference at one time, and those games against Texas and Oklahoma – that, that was a three-team round robin for the, for the conference championship every year. And, uh, I mean, just the way they played the game is far different than what they do now. But I think the glory days in Nebraska will start to reappear here in, maybe within the next five seasons. So I think Ohio State, they, they want to come out of this, the game. They want to start this game well obviously, because they are a contender for the national championship. They don't want to have a stumble right away. They don't want to win this game by 10 or 11 points. So that makes me weary thinking that 27 points is enough. So uh, I would pass, but I think it will be a fun game to watch and then see how well Nebraska does against them. Love it. Uh, a game I want to get your opinion on here, another, uh, another marquee matchup and a line that doesn't make too much sense to me, and maybe you can make heads or tails for it for me and that's Oklahoma State hosting Iowa State. Oklahoma State is a two and a half point favorite in this game over under 52. I'm leaning with Iowa State here uh, catching the two and a half on the road. Can you talk me into it or talk me out of it John? Uh, we're we're going to get drunk on this one because I love Iowa State. So do I. You know I, I just I think this is a, a game that um uh, I can confidently say, hopefully I'm going to be right. You know, I always try to keep <laughs> things with no hype, so that's why I stutter a little bit because I don't want to, you know, uh, say something that's not uh, correct or good to do. But you still have to be smart with, with bets that you love. You know, I always Bankroll management. No more than 7% of your bankroll for sure, and I like the idea of 5%. You know, that 5% of your bankroll should be your – a game like this for me would be a five percenter. Um, and then with the money line, maybe I'll make it a, a six percenter and do, you know, four and a half percent with the spread and then two and a half percent on the money line. Um, also found out uh, statistically with the scoring being so much higher, both in the NFL and college football, that if you have a, a line of two and a half as a dog, all, all the way up to pick them, you should play the money line. It's always better, yep. yep. It, your return will be much better over the course of a season. Of course, there are going to be times you're going to you know, wish you had the, the two and a half points, but that doesn't happen very often. You're either right or you're wrong. Um, the number of, the percentage of times I lose by the hook 
are, are very small. And I'll tell you the truth, that the number of times I win by the hook are offset by the number of times I lose by the hook. And it, it evens out over time. I'm, so I'm, with, I'm with you 100% on that. I like Iowa State in this game, both the cover and the money line here. Uh, let's move on to another interesting game as well. Uh, we've, we've touched upon it in prior episodes, and that's Auburn uh, taking on, sorry, I believe it's Old Miss, right? I'm trying to pull it up here. Excuse me. My computer just bugged out on me a little bit. Yeah, Auburn on the road, Ole Miss. Ole Miss plus three and a half at home. Uh, Bo picks a quarterback for the Auburn Tigers. I like Ole Miss in this one, plus a three and a half, over under 71 and a half, a big number there. Um, any? Can you back me up on my Ole Miss pick, or, or are you going gonna to throw it in the trash? This, this is a pass officially for me, but you know, I was drinking the, uh, the elixir for the Auburn Tigers in the beginning of the season and, and thought that they were a team that could possibly knock off Alabama and Georgia and win the SEC if things fell their way. Well, you know, after last week's game, I, I mean, I don't know what to say. I completely misread the team, and they're, they're just not playing well. Bo Nix uh, is a great athlete, but he's going through. I think now it's in his head. Uh, he looked he, – he just didn't play well last week. The decision-making was poor. Now you're going up against Lane Chiffin in that offense that put 48 on Alabama, and uh, – I don't, I don't know how Auburn's going to be able to stop them. Um, that offense is very, very good, and that was no fluke. So for right. Ole Miss to be a home dog here, I, I think that, you know, again, I emphasize I'm a pass, but you like Ole Miss, but I, I think that's a gift. I do too. That's why I'm going to play it. And uh, we'll move on back to the Big Ten. One more game here I want to get your thoughts on, and that <laughs> is the Michigan Wolverines against the Golden Gophers. Uh, Minnesota plus three and a half home dogs against Michigan here. I'm leaning towards Minnesota here. Uh, any thoughts for you on this particular game? First of all, I want the listeners to know that we didn't talk about these games prior to going on the air, but we're we all in not. agreement on all of them. I'm on Minnesota as well, and I think it's pretty cool that we actually agree. It's fun sometimes to go head-to-head. Um, but again, I, I think the wrong team is favored here. Uh, the last couple of years, Michigan – under Harbaugh, their recruiting has, has steadily been less and less. It's not terrible. He still gets four- and five-star recruits. But the gap between him and Ohio State, who he has never beat, and as we know, when you're the head coach of Michigan, you can't go 10 years and not beat Ohio State. And I think it's going into his sixth year now. could be wrong on that, but I know it's, it's several consecutive losses and never have beaten him. In the offseason here, we've seen uh, James Franklin of Penn State go past Michigan with a number of four- and five-star recruits, and Penn State actually is narrowing the gap with Ohio State. And for what it's worth, it has nothing to do with this game. Penn State is my future's bet to win the Big Ten. Interesting. And you're getting paid very handsomely to assume that risk. Granted, on paper, uh, it's unlikely that that will happen, but we'll know a whole lot more next Saturday when that game uh, where the Buckeyes have to go to Penn State to play. And it's just a shame that there's no fans in the stands because that game is at night. And wow. we all hear about LSU at night. Well, let me tell you, Penn State at night is nuts. And it's, it's just so much fun and it's loud. Anyway, I mean, it's, just, I- it's just weird to me that, that, that Minnesota is a dog here. You got Tanner Morgan returning a starting quarterback. You have these wide receivers who are fantastic and Rashard Bateman and Chris Ottman Bell um, coming back as well. Uh, who does Michigan even have? That's, that's, a, that's a really good point. I have, I have absolutely no idea with that. I can't, I can't tell you that they have this, they have that. They have a you know, quarterback that's going to be drafted in the second round even. Um, and again, I think that's a reflection on – the program and the program is not heading in the right direction and each year now it's getting weaker and weaker wouldn't you want to have pj wouldn't you rather have pj fleck over john harbaugh yeah yeah absolutely i mean i just think there's advantages no not a harbaugh uh lover in in any stretch of the imagination i like the one that's in the that's coaching the baltimore ravens 
Yeah, but uh, but P and P and PJ Fleck is 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 fantastic, and I just think you're having a lot of you have a lot of advantages both on the offensive side and head coaching side, and that's why I'm taking and going to roll with uh, Minnesota here. Yeah, I think Minnesota should be favored. I think they win the game comfortably. I really do. I do too. Let's talk about. Well, give us one game that I'm that I haven't brought up yet that you like. I like we'll see the Big Ten. I like Penn State. Um, and this line, I think, is, is kind of on the skinny side. They lost their uh, running back uh, this week, Journey Brown. Uh, and the situation there, I, I haven't heard any confirmation of this, but it's not good. And it's a situation that uh, isn't necessarily life-threatening, but it makes it extraordinarily dangerous for him to play a contact sport like football. If you heard something, Ira, um, that confirms what's going on, it, uh, go ahead. But He's, he's out for this season. I have not heard anything. Now, they happen to be uh, very, very deep in running back. They have Noah King, uh, Devin Ford, uh, Keziah Holmes, Tank Smith, who's a true freshman. And that kid runs – I mean, he's called Tank for a reason. It's north-south, and it's a bulldozer. And just get out of my way. You're not – you should see how big his legs are, too. I mean, it's just amazing. Um, Sean Clifford comes back at quarterback, so you have all that experience. Four of the five offensive linemen are back, uh, which is always key. Research I've done over you know, the 25 years I've been doing this, you have an, an elite team that has the returning offensive line. You've got something special, at least for the first four or five games of the season. And in this special year, we have – a season that's only eight games so it, it's a huge advantage for them and one other thing you know for the listeners too uh, the Big Ten is a little bit different with the COVID protocol and I think it's going to it, it's going to be important to track what is going on I mean we all hope and pray that none of the, the players get COVID none of the coaches at any of the programs I don't think that's real realistic right now but the protocol calls for any player that is tested positive to sit out 21 days. So think of it, you know, God forbid something happens to one of the teams that is a contender and one of their star receivers, tight end, quarterback, gets it and has to sit out for that much time, missing three games. That could change the, the standings in a hurry. Um, so it, it's been incredibly hard to keep track of just the injuries, let alone who is COVID protocol, uh, who got suspended, whose academics aren't good. Um, so I encourage everybody to keep track of that and know that the Big Ten has different COVID protocols in place. All right. In this game, I think Penn State will, will win this uh, comfortably. Indiana, I think Penn State is 22-1 and all-time against Indiana, straight up. But Indiana has made it tough on them the last couple of years, and they have been a program on the rise in the Big Ten. However, Penn State's offense has too much coming back. Uh, they did, Penn State did lose a little bit on defense. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Defense with the first rounders in the pros. Um, and one of their linebackers uh, is extraordinarily good. Uh, this escapes my mind here. But anyway, he's not playing. Uh, but again, they're so deep with uh, the recruiting efforts of uh, Franklin that they are starting to kind of look like a plug-and-play type of team like the Alabamas, the Clemsons, the Ohio States. Uh, but they're still flying under the radar because they can't get out of that division that has Michigan, Ohio State, and them in it. All right. Well, let's. Uh, that's good analysis, Penn yeah. State. Uh, let's move yeah. on to a little NFL. I need some help, some Circa, some Super Contest help. So let's have a dialogue here, and let's see if we can come up with five picks. We got the Cleveland Browns traveling into Cincinnati, taking on the Bengals. Bengals are a home three-and-a-half-point dog here in this one, over under 50-and-a-half. 
this is not a game I'm looking to play in my super contest. Uh, but let's see, do you have any thoughts on this one? I do. I actually will be on the Bengals, and uh, I must give you credit. Um, but you, uh, you didn't see me by name in, in your podcast yesterday, but I knew, I knew it was me because I was on Cleveland last week, and Ira enlightened me with the injury with um, Baker Mayfield, that it's not necessarily the ribs when you walk off the field with your arm completely dead, I think is yep. how you said it. Yep. So you called it a, an AC joint injury. And uh, I did look that up, and it's incredibly painful to begin with. Uh, it becomes very tight. Flexibility becomes an issue. And I think last week it showed on the field. But, again, they kept saying the ribs, the ribs. So, nonetheless, he's, he's injured, and he's trying to play through it. And it doesn't work real well at the NFL level. Uh, this line, I think, opened at four and a half. Is that right? And now we're down to three? Three and a half, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it's going to go to three, I think. Uh, that's, that's uh, I mean, it's only half a point. Juice, uh, so juice, juice, heavy, ju off, heavy juice on the Bengals right now in minus 115. That'll uh, be interesting to see if they actually, the books actually change it to three because they'd rather have it at three and a half than have the, uh, the push at three, I think, right? Yeah. So they might, they might go to minus 120, 125 even before they would lower it to three. Uh, but I think this is a game that the, the Bengals uh, will, will win. Interesting. All right. Well, let's move on to the worst division in football, and that's Dallas Cowboys traveling to the Washington football team. Line has now moved from Pickham, which I talked about yesterday on the podcast with Aton. It is now Dallas minus one as a short road favorite here. John, my gut says to go with Dallas minus one here on the road. I just I bet on I bet I bet on the football team last week. I bet against Dallas last week, but I just don't see enough from the football team to keep up with this Cowboys uh, Cowboys team. I mean, I understand there's mutiny going on, but in the locker room, but this pound for pound, how do they even compete here with a one point spread? I have no idea. I mean, you're right. It's a mutiny. You know, the players have uh, been anonymous, but of course you can probably figure out who they were. Uh, McCarthy is getting absolutely no respect. And it was probably one of the, you know, I, I think I actually heard you say it, that it, it was one of the worst NFL hires in the history of NFL. Yep. If not the NFL in the history of the Dallas franchise. And it's, uh, it's completely backfired. It's making Jason Garrett look like Vince Lombardi. Sure is. You know, all the crap that he took over the years on that sideline, you know, from the Dallas media and the NFL media, that America's team just isn't good because they don't have a head coach. Well, now they got rid of that guy. They brought this guy in, and now you're seeing what Jason Garrett had to deal with. And in my opinion, in hindsight, he must have dealt with it pretty well to keep it under, under wraps the way he did. So is there, anything, is there anything in this game you like? Well, there's a, there's a system that does support Dallas. Um, you know, it, it's 50 and 18 is the spread since 1990. Uh, so it's pretty rare, but it's hitting 72% winners when it pops up. 45% uh, of the plays have covered by seven and a half points or more. You're going to play on road teams uh, with three points on either side of pick them. So either a three-point favorite or less or a three-point dog or less that has a poor turnover defense that forces one or less turnovers per game. And after two consecutive games with a turnover margin of minus one or worse. So they don't take care of the ball. They, they don't force turnovers. And those two ingredients are the way you can go on six game losing streaks. So the, uh, like the NFC least is amazing. I mean, look at that game last night. You know, I hate the Giants, as you know, but you know, they, I just cannot believe the Giants didn't win the game. Five minutes ago, 11-point lead, and then all of a sudden, uh, Carson Wentz starts looking like Aaron Rodgers. I threw in a little, uh, little two-team teaser about one minute before kickoff, which hit. Uh, that's why I couldn't give it out on Twitter. I did literally right before the game kicked off. They were already taking the field. And that was the Eagles plus one and the over of 38-and-a-half. So I got a little lucky there. Oh, wow. That was a good call. Good call. 
but the but but uh the teaser would have won either which side you choose chose both both on the spread and the over under over under hit and philly hit and the giants hit the redskins are pretty bad too uh, playing against the bad teams uh which is not a good thing when when this happens but they're they're five and twenty-two against the spread at home, playing against a team with a win percentage between twenty-five percent and forty percent. Let's uh, and go, that goes back to let's go Cowboys. Let's go Cowboys. It's I mean it's hard to to bet them though. I mean this won't be one of your uh, Westgate Super Contest picks. I hope is it? Thinking about it, it's definitely one I had <laughs> circled. I'll tell you that. Aaron, Aaron, or uh, Andy Dalton. I still think he's the best backup quarterback in the league by far. That you know, my first pick would be Foles, but he's now the starting quarterback in Chicago. Um, you know, and they're five and one, by the way. They are. So I just gotta believe Dallas will uh, you know get away from get away from home, take a little road trip, and teams that are you know having problems in the media usually going on the road is the best thing. So well, maybe they get their act together, especially with Philly winning last night. And uh, they, they, I mean, on paper, they should win this game by like 20 points. I agree. Couldn't agree with but you I more. I can't trust it. I hear you. Well, let's move on to the next game. And that is the Detroit Lions taking on the Atlanta Falcons, traveling to Atlanta. Atlanta is a two-and-a-half-point home favorite in this one. This is another game that I kind of had circled as well, and that is on the Lions plus the two and a half over under 55. Uh, again, hasn't been part of the official five yet. It is a game I have circled. Any thoughts for you on this one? I think you're on the right side here. This is actually a pass for me because I have absolutely nothing on this. Uh, so I won't talk about this game for five minutes. Uh, the one thing that does, I'll give you a couple things uh, on either side. Uh, Detroit is seven and 29 against the spread when facing a bad defensive team averaging 27 or more points allowed. Um, on the positive side for Detroit, Atlanta is two and 12 following a game in which they allowed 300 or more passing yards in games played over just the last three seasons. So that's a pretty powerful uh, situational trend there. Uh, and, they, and they probably give up 300 more in this game uh, with Stafford under center. 0-10 uh, home games, allowing, after allowing six or more yards per play in the previous game, again, over the last three seasons. So there's a, there's a lot of information here that does support Detroit more so than Atlanta. So, I, I, again, my, my lean would be with you. All right, next game on the board. This line has dropped since I've talked about it early in the week, and it's my favorite play of the day, and that's the Carolina Panthers traveling to New Orleans, take on the Saints. Carolina plus seven now. It was seven and a half minus 115. I got down at seven and a half. What do you like here in this one, John? The Panthers. All right, we'll just keep it simple. Keep it simple, stupid, and we'll move on to the next game because we're both in agreement on that. Uh, Bills taking on the New York I can't even say their name. They're so bad. The New York Jets. It is an 11-point road favorite for the Bills here. Listen, everyone wants to think that the Jets are going to cover a game, right? But I just don't see it happening. It's uh, – I mean, thank God that Buffalo's in the game, uh, in the matchup, because at least they're a quality team. Uh, but the Jets are just – I don't even – I can't even begin. I'm just glad they're not in the NFC East. Let's, let's put it that way. That would really be something. Do you have a play on this game or not? The under would be the play. Uh, there's a system here that supports it with a 36-8 and eight, uh, record, 83% winners over the last 10 years. Not one season has had a losing one. So you're going to play under the total with home teams that, um, as I have written here, is an absolutely pathetic team <laughs> outscored by opponents by 10 or more points per game. And at the NFL level, 10 or more points is, is horrific. And they're coming off a game trailing by 14 or more points at the half. So 
it's, I think it stands to reason here that Buffalo, uh, their defense will, will not allow probably more than 10 points by the Jets. And they'll probably use an abbreviated offensive scheme. There's no reason to take any chances. There's no reason to throw a ball that might be picked off and give the Jets hope. Uh, so I think they'll play close to the vest offensively and then just completely shut down the Jets uh, so that there is no chance of a, of a miscue going on in this game. Buffalo has New England coming up next week, I think. Uh, so even more important to take care of this game before taking them on. All right. Let's move on to the next game. That's the Green Bay Packers traveling into Houston, take on the Texans. The Texans are a four-point dog in this game, shaded to the Texans at minus 120, over under 57. Any thoughts for you on this game? I'm leaning Texans here. It is another game I have circled. But what do you have to say on this one? I think you're right on that. There's a, uh, there's a system here. I'll mention this one, too. seems like everybody likes to hear these. We love the systems. Uh, yeah. But they have to, like I always say, they have to make sense in a way that, you know, I use that statistical calculation called the p-value, which is you know, used in combinatorial algorithms, which is another big word I, I learned in a, in a course at MIT. But it doesn't make me any better than you or anybody else. But what that tells you is how well the parameters work together in predicting outcomes. So in this case, we're looking at playing against uh, favorites with a, a terrible turnover defense. Again, we have a situation here with a defense that doesn't force many turnovers, like we mentioned with Dallas. So and this applies to Green Bay's defense. Uh, they're forcing less than one turnover per game, and they're coming off a game with a turnover margin of minus two or worse. So it's a similar situation that we talked about previously with Dallas, but now it's just a, a small tweak in the turnover margin being one game, but being much greater. So this definitely works against Green Bay. And uh, so far this year, it's 4-0 against the spread. Last three seasons, it's been 24-4. and I'm sorry, 24-3-1. So that's, that's pretty damn good. Uh, one thing I've noticed with Green Bay, too, is they're really vulnerable uh, to getting nailed on defense going over the top, and you saw it with Brady last week. Uh, the, the cover two isn't working with that personnel for whatever reason. And granted, you know, defensive coordinators are a lot smarter about the game than, than I, but I would like to think Ira and I know pretty much about how the game's played. Uh, but here again, you have a situation that will be available down the seam, maybe it's with the tight end, maybe it's with a slot receiver, but that's where Green Bay's Achilles heel is in any game they play for the rest of the year. So the system supports the Texans here? Yes. All right, next game on the board, and this is a fun one. This game, this line is out of control, moving all over the place. And that's Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Tennessee Titans. Titans are now a one-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. This line is unreal on how much it's been moving between one and one and a half favored on either side. I think, uh, I mean, I had the Pittsburgh Steelers circled here, but I think I'm going to lay off this game. Any thoughts for you? The, the price volatility that you just uh, talked about is, is reason enough to sit back and let this game go by uh, because it, there's obviously waves of bets coming in based on something. It's got to be news that causes kind of volatility in the NFL level. Sometimes you can see it in college football because those markets are a lot thinner. It doesn't take uh, you know, a $20,000 bet to move uh, anything at the college level, 20,000 can move the line, sometimes two points depending on the game, especially if it's not in one of the big five conferences. So in this situation, I, I actually have a little betting flow trend indicator and, it, and it's completely neutral. So this game could go off at, at Pickham for all I know. You know, everybody seems to think Pittsburgh is a, a team, too, that um, are they really a 5-0 and team? Well, I, I think they are. Um, the better question would be, is Tennessee a 5-0 and team? No, they're not. And that's, and that's why I want to bet Pittsburgh. That's why I want to have it on my card. But just the way these flows have been going, I just can't, I can't do it. Yeah, it's, uh, I agree with you. I think the line in the Super Contest is Pittsburgh minus a half. I mean, minus one. Let me check. I'll pull it up here. 
Pittsburgh is a, oh no, they're one and a half in the circle. Let's see what they are in the super contest. The super contest line in that game is Steelers plus one. Um, yeah, just not, not, not interested in getting involved in this game, but I do lean Steelers. Uh, next game on the board, we've talked about it before. I think we're both on the same side here. Maybe you have a system you can employ here to the listeners that will give them a little bit more confidence. That's the 49ers traveling to New England, take on the, the Patriots. Patriots minus two at home, over under 44 in this one. I'm on the San Francisco 49ers getting healthy. I'm not a big believer in Cam Newton and these Patriots right now. They look out of sync, in disarray, and they don't even know how to move the ball, especially against that Denver Broncos defense. you got to think the 49ers here have a chance to win this game. Any, any supportive, uh, supportive algorithms or machine learnings for us here in this one? Well, I, would, I would definitely agree with you, first of all, on the fundamental side, that this is not Tom Brady's New England Patriots anymore. And uh, there are a lot of question marks surrounding uh, Cam Newton, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, he's, he's, act, he's kind of playing like it's the, the end of his career, to be honest with you. That would be sad to see him go so soon. So in the machine learning metrics here, let's see what we got. Uh, San Francisco. San, San Francisco is going to score at least 24 more points. And if they do, they have an 88% chance of winning the game outright. So that's the, you know, that's a, a layer deeper from the machine learning, so to speak. So when I do the reports, I want to keep it simple and easy to understand. And, uh, you know, I found people don't want to know what, uh, you know, Gaussian probabilities are or any of that nonsense. They just want to know that the 49ers are going to score 24 points, and this is what they are historically. And they have an 88% chance of winning the game if they do. So then that adds uh, some confidence to why you're making the bet. Yeah, this is definitely a game I had circled here for the contest. Uh, next game on the board is a little bit of a snooze fest, but maybe there's some value here in this line. That's the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Ketchup Mahomes taking on Denver Broncos, and I don't even know who's on their team. Uh, Denver at home plus nine and a half. Tough place to play in mile high. However, they did come off a nice victory there against the Patriots. And you got to think that most of the public money is going to come in on the Chiefs at nine and a half here. Any thoughts for you? Any value on the Denver side? I had, I had Denver Broncos last week. It was uh, kind of a, a magical week going 4 0 with four dogs at one outright. But I must say, you know, we've been talking about the contest, and Ira went nine and one the last two weeks. Um, which I've been around a pretty long time, and I, I think he might be the first one I've ever known that's gone nine and one in two consecutive weeks. So he's he's scorching out here. So um, you know, even even though I've been doing this for a while, it might be better to listen to what he takes, <laughs> and maybe he'll share his uh, his entry name so we on Sunday morning we can wake up with anticipation to look at what his picks are. It's super it's super easy. My conscious ent- my contest entry name is my Twitter handle at Iris Silver Magic. Really easy. That's, that's good stuff. I'm sure a lot of people will be, will be glad to, to check that out for sure. Um, so in this game, you know, obviously the Denver defense played well, but it was also a question mark of what New England was doing that made them look so good. Now they're going up several layers in uh, competition. Kansas City is, is much, much better than New England this year. In previous years, it wasn't really the case. They were pretty much even. Um, so a nine and a half point road favorite though in, in mile high is, is kind of interesting that you think it's too much, or at least I do. Uh, but I think that gives you more reason to take Kansas City here. Uh, this is a game you know, where the perennial winners and the powerhouses make sure they take care of business. They're coached by one of the best coaching minds in football. And I bet you the Eagles actually wish they would have kept him. But he went on to Kansas City and did great things. And he's so creative with his offensive play calling, especially this year. Uh, when he gets into the zone playing calling, there's nobody like him. There's just nobody even close. So th- I think this is a game that I'm, I'm passing on. Yeah, it's uh, pass, I may have game. A play on pass game for me. Pass game for me. Denver might be able to do something defensively to contain them. And, you know, that's the word contain. You're not going to shut down Kansas City ever. Um, 
but there's a, a an under system here that's pretty decent 63 percent winners uh since 2000 play under with any total between 42 and 49 points inclusive uh in a divisional game with uh the team in this case denver coming off an upset win as a road underdog so that that's a pretty good uh one to lean on there i, I certainly wouldn't do the over i don't no. Three more games in each game. I have a circle for a pick uh, in the contest. I need to get your thoughts and opinions here. And that we'll start off with the first one, which is more of a probably a weaker play. And that is the Jacksonville Jaguars going to play the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers seven and a half point home favorites here over under 49 I kind of leaning on the side of the Jaguars. And that's just because Anthony Lynn is so horrible. Uh, it really just comes down to that. I think the char uh, the Chargers, you know, they'll give a chance at the back door for this Jaguars team some point. So I'm kind of thinking along those lines, but it's probably a little bit deeper down my list on my top five here. Any thoughts for you? Any machine learning on this one? I like the uh, the Chargers here. Uh, Jacksonville's defense is, is pathetic. Um, a lot of people have them ranked uh, dead last in the league, but I, you know, that team from New York that we, we talk about uh, is, is probably worse based on my rankings. What about Dallas? Dallas's defense got to be there. On points, on a points basis, scoring defense, absolutely. Um, if you, how do I say, if you, if you eliminate um, their mistakes, their, their quality of play and uh, individually is not that bad. It's, it doesn't, it's not as bad as what those flash stats indicate. Um, so that's another little tidbit, maybe a little nugget supporting that Dallas uh, bet that you want to make. Um, I think Dallas. I think Dallas is making the card. I'm pretty sure Dallas is making my card. Yeah, I, I can see why too. Because now that I just thought of that, I can't imagine uh, Dallas giving up 40 to the Redskins. I can't remember the last time the Redskins scored 40. Scored 40 in two weeks, maybe. But Man, if the, if the Reds can yeah, score not... 40 points, I mean, I might have to choose a lucky winner and send them something. I don't know, but that, that would be insane. <laughs> so one of the uh, systems here in the Jacksonville game uh, is a tried and true one that I, I've liked uh, quite a bit. And it's uh, obviously supporting the Chargers, and it's you're, you're taking uh, favorites of three to ten points. And – you're, they're playing against a, an underdog that is allowing 30, allowed 30 points in two straight games, and that the, the Chargers, in this case, are coming off a game scoring 17 points in the first half in two straight games. Uh, I also think this applies to the, uh, the Panthers-Saints game, too. Uh, so you're, you're playing against these uh, underdogs that – allowed 30 points or more in two consecutive games, which Jacksonville has done. And the opponent is a team that is clicking on offense, scoring 17 or more points in each of the first half of the last two games. So that's, that's one of the ones that comes up a lot over the years. Um, it's very good because 60% of the games covered by more than seven and a half points. Uh, and that's very good in itself. So it's gone uh, five and zero. Oh, last three seasons hopefully it'll go six and oh all right i love it uh okay these are two games that i'm struggling with and i really like both sides in both of these games here and i'm pretty sure they're going to make my card unless you scare the living daylights out of me and that's the yes. arizona cardinals hosting the seattle seahawks arizona plus three and a half at home listen this seahawks team this seahawks defense is horrible okay they're really really bad and this Cardinals team is pretty good on defense. I mean, they're getting healthier. Buda Baker, fantastic player. Really, really like what he's doing there. And this offense is capable of keeping up with Seattle. I think, this, I think the Cardinals here in a division game plus the three and a half is something I'm kind of all over. Um, can you support it or are you throwing it in the trash? Uh, this is a game I ha actually haven't run the model yet, uh, but I can tell you on the – let's go to the uh, – I call them the pivot points in scoring uh, for those who are listening for the first time to me. So in college football, a lot of times 28 points becomes a pivot. 
meaning that if a team scores more than 28, that usually ends up in being a, a good result, uh, especially ATS. Same thing in the NFL, but it's a lower number. It's 23 or 24 points, depending on the team. So in this case, um, we have Arizona here uh, projected to win the game. And uh, it looks like it's going to be because of the ground attack. Uh, rushing yards, as best I can tell right now, will be over 200. And uh, they will pass for, for more yards than uh, Russell Wilson will get. So this is kind of interesting. So I'm looking at right here on the fly. Uh, Arizona. Well, Seattle is terrible when they allow 400 or more total yards, which is what Arizona is projected to get and has a high probability of, of occurring. So Seattle is uh, 15 and 38 against the spread since 2000 when allowing more than 400 total offensive yards in a game. They are, the Cardinals are 46 and nine when they rush for 125 or more yards and we're projecting that they're gonna get 200. Uh, so this is an example of, of, a, of a pivot point. So now the pivot point's 125 rushing yards. If for some reason Arizona doesn't get that and they lose, you can look to that and say the projection was wrong. They didn't gain 125, let alone 200. Um, but on, uh, I'll do this on, on Twitter uh, tomorrow or Sunday morning. Uh, I'll put out incrementally what Arizona's record is from 125, 150, 175, and above 200. Goes straight up and against the spread as a home dog. And it, it, this is getting pretty impressive. I think I'm going to have to rock. I'm going to have to rock with the Cardinals on the card. Yeah, this is a game that I have not looked at, but looking at it right now, um, I can't see me being on the other team come Sunday. That's for sure. All right. Well, we'll stay tuned for those, uh, for those models and those project projections. Uh, let's move on to the Monday night football game. And this is another game I have selected and circled and probably going to make the card. And that is the Bears! The Bears! <laughs> going into Los Angeles. Take on Jared Goff, Sean McVay, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and Aaron Darnold and the Los Angeles Rams. I'm on the Bears here, plus the six points. Just talk me into it or out of it. I just put me out of my misery, man. I'm with you. I'm, you know, I'm with you. The same system we talked about earlier in the show is on this game too. Um, you're you're going to play against those home favorites of three to ten points, coming off a game where they forced no turnovers against an opponent, which is the Bears. The Bears. After the Bears. Six, <laughs> I can't do it as good as you, but anyway. <laughs> uh, the Bears are coming off two consecutive games where they committed one or fewer turnovers. And I have to say, this is, this is Foles. You know, it's nothing flashy. There's nothing fancy. Uh, yeah, once in a while he'll complete a bomb. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's magical. He, he has the ability to make the team chemistry around him better. The efficiency levels of the offense are much better than uh, with the former uh, quarterback Trubisky, and you know, if you told me right now the Bears are going to go to the NFC Championship game, I wouldn't, I wouldn't debate it with you. You know, on paper they shouldn't, they shouldn't even be a 500 team, but you got something really good going on here. And when the locker room is positive, and uh, people are playing well together, you know, you don't have to go out to dinner every night and uh, be best friends with everybody on the team. But when you're in that locker room and there's there's no toxicity as we're seeing in Dallas, for example, things, special things happen. So, uh, yeah, I, I think um, the Rams are in trouble here. And Chicago could do another real nice win as a dog, just like they did last week in Minnesota. I think it was, it was Minnesota, right? Yeah. No, uh, it was the Falcons in Minnesota. Yeah. Chicago beat. Um, Who went two weeks ago or a week ago? What was that? What was the question? The Bears beat who? who? Who did the Bears beat last week? Panthers. Right. Okay. So this will be another underdog straight up win. 
It's hard to believe they're five and one, but I think they're the the play. Their defense is very good. Yep. Yes, All right. All right. Well, we I, I think I've rounded out. I think I've committed to my card here, and the picks are in. Uh, as of right now, they are subject to changes, obviously, before tomorrow afternoon when the deadline is. But it looks like the Cowboys, the Panthers, the Bears, the Texans, and the Cardinals. Uh, may, and I might swap out the Texans with the 49ers. But that's, I'm choosing between the Texans and the 49ers. So really the four plays, the four core plays right now are Cowboys, Panthers, Bears, Cardinals. It sounds like a, a winning quad of picks right there. Man, it's so bad. But you're scorching hot. You know, you, <sighs> this is where, you know, you don't fight it and you just keep rolling. All right. Well, we'll keep rolling. John, thank you so much again for joining us on this breakdown of the NCAA and NFL card. I'm at Ira Silver Magic. As always on Twitter, reach out. Anything you need, I'm here for you. John is at John Ryan Sports One on Twitter. He is a fantastic follow. Recommend it to all. And we are at Hoopball Gaming on Twitter as well. This is a Hoopball presentation. Make sure you go to manscaped.com. Type in the promo code hoopball20 h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l-2-0 get 20% off and free shipping let's have a fantastic wonderful and profitable weekend thanks sean see you monday okay my pleasure this has been a hoopball presentation